When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So here we are again. What exciting things do you have in store for me today? Well, we might have a bit of a rival in the radio business. Or perhaps several rivals. Amazon uh, launching their own radio app. Good gracious. Exactly. Good gracious indeed. It's called AMP. Hmm. And it allows the host to uh, to play music, to chat, and even to take uh, phone-ins while they're doing it. Um, they have signed up a couple of celebrity hosts, including the rappers uh, Nicki Minaj and Pusha T. I'm sure people yes. that you listen to... Well, I was about regularly. to say, not necessarily the sort of shows I would listen to, but I'm no. sure they're lovely people. But anyone can host their shows with the app, as long oh. as... They live in the United States and have an iPhone because that's the only place and device on which it's currently possible to do it. But they'll be rolling it out to other things. Um, okay, that seems slightly Apple centric of, of Amazon. It does, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. very curious. I didn't think they always got on very well. Um, no, no, there's a bizarre thing where Apple doesn't allow Amazon to sell books through its Kindle app. Yes. You can on the iPhone. You can go to the Apple website, the Amazon website, and buy your books, which are then delivered to the Kindle app. You can't buy them straight from the Kindle app. It's. Um... I'll pretend I understood that. Let's move on. Well, talking of Apple, yes. Apple have made oh, a slew, you I, a slew of announcements hmm. um, this week. Um, the most interesting ones being well, there's a new iPhone, the iPhone SE, SE Special Edition, which sounds like a super wizzy one, but of course, Special Edition in this case means slightly cheaper one. Um, it's got a better battery. It's got 5G. It's got the A15 Bionic chip, which I know you're terribly excited about. Mm-hmm. And it has a home button. So um, the newer iPhones don't have a home button. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting at £419, which is actually quite good for a yes. well, not top of the range, but a perfectly serviceable iPhone. Of course, what you're mostly always interested Yes, what you're always interested in is, is what the camera's like. It does have 25,000 pixels. Um, it's got it's a 12 megapixel camera, which is actually the same as in the iPhone 13. Well, it's not the great. number of pixels, it's the quality of the pixels. Okay. So does it have good quality pixels? I imagine it does, yes. Okay. So 419, <laughs> though, is pretty cheap for a It's not bad, iPhone. yes. Um, it comes in three colours, the colours being Midnight, Starlight, and Open Brackets, Product, Close Brackets, Red. Right. Would you like to guess what those colours actually are? Uh, black, grey, and red. Uh, white. Starlight white. is, of course, white. Oh, is and, it? And oh, red. Okay. Yes, they couldn't just call it red. It has to be yes, open well, brackets. I, I can understand why red. Apple, I mean, having sort of started out with things that were very white and being associated with, with white it keeps going, but I like, thought it's not a very good colour for a phone, you would think. Uh, people like white things. Some of the original iPods were white. Apple, I remember. You know, yep. Yes. The EMAC was white, if you can remember that far back. Uh, I can. 
Yeah, a long way. I remember back a long way. And they also announced. So this is interesting because I have been waiting for the the new um, uh, iMac. They released last year the twenty four inch iMac, mm-hmm. uh, which comes in a variety of gaudy colours. Now, if you're a designer, first of all, you want a twenty seven inch, not twenty four inch. And the last thing you want on your computer is gaudy colours. It has to be grey or black or nothing, because anything else is just distracting and uh, corrupts your perception of colour. Right. So I was waiting for the 27-inch iMac. They discontinue it. No more 27-inch iMac. Instead, they have announced the Mac Studio. Ooh, I hear you say, well, you didn't. Uh, I I said, ooh. No, I'm I'm sure the word studio excites you, but not... As much to me. <laughs> the Mac Studio is effectively a souped-up Mac Mini. The Mac Mini being just the computer, no yes, display. Yes, I remember the screen. Yes. Twenty centimeters square by nine centimeters high, so double the height of the Mac Mini. And the reason for that double height is got a very clever fan mechanism that directs the air to cool it down as it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you could either get it with the M1 Max chip. So they brought out the M1 chip. Last year, I can see your eyes glazing. Well, I'm over, about to say yes, me. yes, yes. I'll try not to interrupt so we get through this bit quickly. And yep. the M1 Max was the uh, sort of highest end of their M1 mm. chips a 10 core CPU, 24 core GPU, uh, memory bandwidth of 400 gigabytes a second. Oh, that doesn't mean anything to you, but the fact that it's got 57 billion transistors that certainly can't sound a lot. Yep. That's a lot. 57 billion. It's a lot, yes. isn't it? Yes. Well, especially as I can remember soldering transistors onto circuits yes. board when I was a little lad. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure I'd ever managed to do 57 million. No, possibly not. Billion, not million. Oh, billion. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'd Even still more. be there. Right. So that starts at 1999. How do we know there are 57 million? How can you possibly have 57 billion? I mean, even um, knowing that's an American billion and that when we were lads, a, a yes. British billion was a thousand times more. Yes. Was it a million times more? I can't a remember. A thousand times more, yes. A thousand times more, yeah. But even so, I mean, it's an awful lot. How can you get it's a 57 billion anything into anything? Well, exactly. I don't know. I imagine they're very small. Right. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Possibly even so, extremely small. Yes. That one is 1999. Or if that's not enough power for you, you can go When you say 1999, I'm assuming you don't mean 19 pounds 99. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. 2,000 quid to you. Okay. Or we can go the M1 Ultra which has two of the M1 Max chips uh, cleverly welded together inside it for double that, 3999 um, And if you were to take that one and max it out with eight terabytes of storage and 128 gigabytes of RAM and upgrade your, mm-hmm. uh, your 48-core GPU to a 64-core, that will set you back 8,000 quid. Wow. Yes. And it doesn't come with a display, of course, but you can get the new studio display for just £1,500. So basically, you're practically, by the time you've had a car to get you back to take all the stuff home, you're basically spending £10,000 on a computer. Uh, <laughs> if you want to max it out, yes. yes. But um, um, I have, in fact, ordered the, the Mac Studio, the standard M1 Max, rather than the M1 Ultra, and I will tell you all about it when it arrives. Wow. Okay. Right. What are you using at the moment, then? Something presumably not as good. I'm using a 27-inch iMac. 
Um, and uh, it's from 2019. Um, so I, I generally change my computer every couple of years. So I'm a year late on this one. Yeah. And there are right. things that I need to do that I can no longer do on it because, of course, the software pushes forwards. Yes. Yes. My iMac, I think, is 2012. Think, yes, or but you older than that. don't do. But quite it is getting the same very slow. Kind of, uh, no, I certainly design don't. Design intensive tasks. No, absolutely I not. No, no, no. It'll do Wordle, and that's about it. So <laughs> oh, we haven't had one of these yet. So I think now is probably the time. So what now? Well, having chosen not to uh, pig out on the M1 Ultra. Um, <laughs> let's talk about pigs. Do you plan these segues? Of course I do. Oh uh, let us uh, everything <laughs> planned out in the finest detail. Um, no. Let's pigs. have a little bit of audio. Have a listen to oh, this. Okay, uh, I've got it here. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I can't have a feeling that when a few weeks ago we spoke about um, electric cars having noises to yes. alert people that they were coming, which involved a trombone and. I can't remember now. Oh, yes. Trom- and a, that and would be much better. It would, wouldn't yes. it? Yes. A trombone and a hi-hat, wasn't it? Something mm. like that. Or tuba yes. and a hi-hat. Tuba that would be hi-hat. much better. Let me play it again. <laughs> I'd certainly get out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> you probably would. Um, so the question is, are those pigs happy? Well, you can't oh. really tell, can you? Or can you? Well, maybe you can. Because researchers at the University of Copenhagen have been translating the emotional state of pigs from their grunts. So what they did was they took 411 pigs and they catalogued 7,414 different sounds while watching their behaviour, behaviour including suckling, playing, but on the other end of the scale, fights, separation and finally slaughter. And they correlated the sounds with the observed behaviour. And they came out to the conclusion that when they make a high-frequency sound, they're not happy. When they make a low-frequency sound, they are happy. But if they make a high-frequency short sound, then they are happy. Okay. The, what are the aim? I don't, I don't have that much desire to talk to pigs, but I suppose uh, this would no. be if I did. If you were a pig farmer, the idea is that they will produce an app that will have a listen to your pigs and let you know if some of them are not happy. And then you can go and find out yeah. why. Right. Uh, pigs, I mean, I don't know much about them, but they sort of tend to get congregate together. So if you've they got, do. I don't know, a barn with 100 pigs in, and your app tells you one of them's ha- unhappy, how on earth do you find out which one? Well, you isolate that pig, and you we say to it, are one. you happy? And you've got 100 pigs, and it, it says one of them's unhappy. How do you know which one? Well, if it's one of them, you probably don't care. But if it's like half of them, yeah, then you might so. want to change their feed. I suppose so. Hmm. Well, they've obviously better things to do at the University of Copenhagen than actually do proper science. I'm sure it's useful to a farmer. (laughs) And indeed possibly to the pigs. uh, Almost certainly to the pigs. Yes, I think it it matters. They probably taste better when they're happy. Uh, Let us move on to... I'm listening out for the segue here. (laughs) No, there isn't one. Well, last week, it's a a long-term segue from last week. Last week, we talked about the Infinity Train. Do you remember? This was something that was being implemented. I I do remember. At a a mine in Australia? Yes. um, Where the the trucks um, actually generated power as they ran down with their full load to wherever it was they went down. And then when the trucks were unloaded, the... um, 
power that they had generated was used to take the trucks back to where they started. Exactly. And at the time, we we talked about the fact that the town of Linton on the south coast of either Devon or Cornwall or somewhere else... It, it's an Exmoor, yes. It's an Exmoor. An Exmoor. That still doesn't tell me which county it's in. Uh, it's on the border of Somerset and... Ooh. I remember Dorset. It's right on the border. I can't remember which one it's in. One of those. Yes, but I remember. I've been there. I've been on it. Exactly. And we talked about how in Linton, at the top of the hill, the uh, the the cable cars that take on water from the river at the top, Mm -hmm. which carries the cable car down to the bottom at Linmouth. Yes. And then when it gets down the bottom, it releases the water and goes back up again. Yes. And it's been running without any electricity or any other power for over 100 years now. Well, I suspect the International Institute for Applied Systems Analysis was listening to last (laughs) week's episode of uh, Gadgets and Gizmos because they have just announced a replacement for hydroelectric dams. So hydroelectric dams generate electricity by water gushing through them Mm. and turning the turbines. The trouble with building a dam is, A, they're very expensive, and B, they are very disruptive. Uh, they, they divert you know, huge amounts of water. They can cause flooding. They can cause drought. Um, they are not nice things to have in your neighbourhood if you're a local farmer. So what they come up with is, well, wherever there's a, a big difference between you know, water at the top and a valley beneath, there are roads going down. So what they propose is having trucks. They fill up with water at the top. The trucks are then driven down the winding roads to the bottom, braking all the time. And as they break, it regeneratively charges up their batteries. Right. When they get to the bottom, they release the water and they release the electricity that they've generated uh, into you know, a battery farm at the bottom. Yes. Then they drive back up empty electrically, requiring far less uh, electricity because they're empty. And they do it all over again. It's clever. Well, isn't it just simpler just to place turbines in the dam and generate... No, this is instead of building dams. Oh, inst- oh instead of building dams. Oh, my apologies, dams, I, I misunderstood. You have a fleet oh, of trucks. OK, yes, that is clever. And a fleet of very bored truck drivers who just drive up and down this hillside all day. And they're long. not autonomous. Well, I, I mean, if ever, there was, if ever there was a place where autonomous driving would be useful, yes. surely this is almost, it. Almost certainly, yes. 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 Well, it's fascinating. So, well, good to know that they were listening and adopting an idea that's over 100 years old. Um, Time for us, though, just to take a quick breather. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. He is Steve Kaplan. We are talking gadgets and gizmos. Well, he's doing most of the talking with lots of impressive segues. Yes. Do you have one now or are you just going to start well, from, from scratch? Well, from pigs to milk. You can't milk pigs, but you can milk cows. Now, yes. su- suppose okay. you like milk, but yeah. you've recently turned uh, vegan. 
What yes. do you do then? You can't drink milk anymore. Well, we have somebody you in can, our well, house who's is... desperately trying to find ways of making tea taste nice without using cows. Well, there's milk. vegan milk, and there's you know there's there's almond milk, and all yes. kinds of other things you can make yep. milk out of. Oat, well, yep. the answer could be better land. Better land. Better land. Better land is a United States startup um, who are making vegan milk for the first time. They use whey proteins. Yes. Um, and they make them using microflora, so tiny flowers to um, to you and me. Right. Um, and they engineer the protein so they are exactly the same as cow milk. So they are milk, genuine milk, but produced from plants rather than from cows. Which, of course, is what cows do. They turn plants into milk. So maybe why can't yes. people do that as well? Yes. The uh, milk they produce is cholesterol-free. It is lactose-free, and it contains 67% less sugar. The only slight drawback is it doesn't taste like milk. Well, that's the problem with all the vegan Well, milk I know. The, uh, the chief executive of Betterland, who goes by the somewhat improbable name of Lizanne Falsetto. Oh, no, uh, no. Seriously? Oh, seriously. let's have that again. Lizanne Falsetto. I imagine she speaks in a very high-pitched voice. That's uh, extraordinary. Said, that is one of the most extraordinary names I have ever heard <laughs> in my mm. puff. Hmm. Lizanne Falsetto. I'm not sure her parents were adventurous enough for the first name, really. I could have been well, what do you have gone for to go with with Falsetto? I don't know. Hmm. Something that rhymes, I think, would have been good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear um, me. Indeed. Right. Uh, so she, she says the goal is not to copy milk, but to improve on it. Yes. Right. Yes. So, I mean, take that as you will. It's artificial milk that doesn't quite taste like milk. But in every respect, it is milk, apart from the fact it doesn't taste like milk. Oh, OK. I suppose it is possible they can improve on the taste as, as things come. And not yet in the shops, presumably, but one of those uh, Yes, no, it is now oh, on is? sale in the United States. It's actually oh. a gadget or gizmo or, in fact, just milk that really exists. Oh. How about that? If uh, Next time I'm in the States, I don't know when that'll be, I shall, I shall try some and, and report back. Oh, excellent. OK. Uh, let us move on now to our crowdfunding times of the week. We've got two of them. Times of the week, okay. One fanfare, two items. One fanfare. So, uh, on Kickstarter this week is Helios, and that solves the problem of, say you've got your house with solar panels on top, hmm. and they're put on the roof, because that's where you put your solar panels. How do you yes. clean them? They would build up dust, they might get leaves on them, they were, yes, might build yes, up... Yes. You know, it's sand and earth. How do you, well, I don't know how people do clean them because I haven't got them on top of my house. But this could be the answer. So Helios, um, which is a Belgian uh, company called ART Robotics, mm. they use not one but two drones. Drone A flies up into the sky, identifies your solar panels on your roof, and lands on it, whereupon drone B crawls out from a little hatch inside Drone A. Very much like Thunderbird 2. And <laughs> was it, was it oh, now I can 4 that came out of it? Uh, yes, it was usually Thunderbird mm. But In fact, it had lots of pods, so different things could come out of it, but it was oh. usually Thunderbird 4, yes. Oh. And, um, uh, and, the, and then the, the, the second, but Drone B will then roam around your, uh, your roof panels, cleaning them, mm. and go back into Drone A that will bring it back home, so you can pat it on the back and... Um, Say, well done, oh. couple of drones. Well, how wonderful. Uh, uh, Sylvia and Jerry Anderson will be delighted. At, um, 
Yes, <laughs> starts at uh, 120 euros. Um, I will point out that is for a clean using the drones, not for the drone itself. Oh, I thought that's And you have to live in Belgium. Ah, right, okay. I should have announced that at the beginning, but I thought you might doze off and not listen if I did. No, no, that's fine. I mean, you know. Anyway, if you're in Belgium and you have 120 euros to spare and some solar panels, this could be quite a good way of getting them clean. Well, I mean, if you can't clean them any other way, assuming they generate enough electricity, hmm. I, maybe it pays for itself. Maybe it does. Let us I now. Mean, you could on. charge the neighbours to come round and watch. Oh, well, they do a neighbour package. If you've got neighbours, then like for 150 euros, I think they'll do the house next door as well. Okay, but you, if somebody in your street was doing it, you would go to watch, wouldn't you? You would, of course you would. Yeah. Except, of course, you couldn't see it because you'd need a third drone to film it. Oh. Yeah, well, it depends, I suppose. Like, you can see panels from the street if you stand on the other side of the road. Oh, I suppose you can, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, but you know, you, what you would like is to have another drone filming it, and then it another drone filming that drone filming it. Of course. It. <laughs> yes, a never-ending success. So you can, you can watch from across the street. It's it's a step above watching paint dry, but not a very big step above that, is it? Oh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to. Let's have one of these. So... And moving on to our second crowdfunding. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, time of the week. Um, we're off uh, now to Indiegogo, where you can find, well, it's for people who do flossing, who floss their teeth, mm -hmm. and who want to know more about whether they are, in fact, flossing correctly and accurately and completely. It is right. called the Floss Elf. Oh, and no. It is a flosser with a camera built in. And the right. camera streams video of the inside of your mouth to your phone while you're flossing. How about that? Mm. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, exactly. Hmm is pretty much the answer that, that I gave. I mean, and in fact, quite, most people gave. It'd be quite useful when I mean, you mean nobody else is wanting to sign. I mean, the thing is, I suspect most people probably don't floss properly. It ought to be very useful, but I suspect it isn't. Probably isn't, no. Well, they're selling this for $49, which is about £37, which is not mm. that much. Um, and they offer, they're offering a reusable floss pick uh, if they reach their goal of $100,000. Mm. So far, with three days left, they've raised just over $3,500. So a little way short. A little way short of their, of their big target, Aww. yes. So that may not be one that we will see anytime soon. Okay. Well, Same in a way. So, yeah. So what now? Well, back to Google. We haven't mentioned Google for the whole of this show, so now Google, I've had it three times. And uh, that, that's our, our quota for this week. Right, right. Three times. Um, so you're watching TV, yes. and uh, there's someone at the door. So you get up to answer the door, and when you get back to your TV, you found you forgot to press the pause button, mm. and so you've missed the last uh, 45 yes. seconds of what you are watching. Yes. Or you uh, walk past your computer when it's in a different room and you hear all these bings and bongs as alerts come in. And you think, there's no point in telling me there's an alert coming in because I'm not in the room. Well, yes. there could be an answer to all that, which is from Google's Advanced Technology and Products Division. This is the division that comes up with all kinds of wacky ideas. Yes. It's probably the one that came, up, came with up with the sticky the... bonnet. Yeah, the sticky bonnet is still my favourite. Absolutely. 
So you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I really don't want to have something, a camera watching me the whole time to see if I've gone to answer the door, if, I'm, if I've got a computer. It doesn't use a camera. It uses radar. Oh. The radar tells if you're there, where you are. Um, they've already built a, a radar system into their Pixel 4 uh, mobile phone, which you can use hand gestures to do things like smoozing an alarm or pausing music. And they have produced this radar system based on proxemics. Proxemics. You can probably work out what proxemics is. Yes, the, the science of whether things are near to you or not. Exactly. Yes. Or the official definition is a study of how people use space around them to mediate social interaction. Which is what I meant, of course. Which is, which is pretty much what you said, <laughs> yes. exactly. So there we go. Oh, you could be a, be a radar in your television in the near future that lets that tells when you leave the room. Unless there's right. two people there, if one leaves the room, how to decide whether to carry on playing for the person who's still there or to pause it for the person who's left the room. So if somebody gets up to go to the loo or to go make a cup of tea, it's going to be pretty inconvenient for everybody else if it stops. Yes. 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 So better not to get it in the first place. Especially if you get up and leave, you're watching ITV, and you get up and you leave the room to go make a cup of tea when the ads come on, and you come back and find it's paused it, so you have to watch the ads when you get back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They haven't thought this through. They haven't thought it through. Especially as Google's based in America, and the ads then are much more prevalent and go on forever, it seems. Often longer than the programme itself. Well, that is it for this programme for this week from Gadget Gears, where Steve Kaplan and I will be back at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.